Scotty, 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 I won, I won, I won. Oh, calm down, John, calm no, Scotty, down. I won, I won. After all these years, three, or no, wait, three attempts, no, but I won, I won, I won, I won. <laughs> Did you thank your mother? I did thank my mother, and she actually took my phone call because I won. <laughs> did you thank me? Uh, thank you, Scotty, for reminding me to thank you. Why am I thanking you? I, I haven't no even idea. told anybody what I won yet. You haven't even asked because you don't care. I know, because surely it's more important that people understand that I am a major part of the success in your life. That's <laughs> true, I suppose. You provide me with the negative example. <laughs> No, Scotty. I, uh, you know, uh, twice a year we have Hack Day at Netflix, and which is I think a common at, at many companies, uh, where engineers and, and marketeers and, and designer folks get to to try and build something in twenty four hours and then uh, show it in front of their peers, who then vote on it. And uh, uh, I went on a team with uh, my friend Ben and Steve, my colleagues, uh, with whom I went to India. They're, they're friends and colleagues, colleagues and friends. Anyway. Um, we get along very well together. We have a good rapport, and uh, we produce something called iNav. That's E-Y-E, and it's a system for navigating our app using just your eyes. Can you imagine it? I can imagine it because I, I saw your video, and ah, it's yeah. a bit. It's like um, I have to say, when using your app, you do look up to like a crazy wild person. <laughs> <as> your <laughs> eyes are going all over the place, and it's, it's like <laughs> maybe you have some trouble with focus, but it is pretty cool. Yeah, no, so it uses it it, it, it uses ARKit, uh, which is shipped for a while now, and uh to 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 they the, you know there's a there's a sample code that we came across that, that shows tracking to a point and in the uh window coordinate space and, and basically where your eyes are focused and you get updated all the time and then you decide uh what you want to do with that information. So for us we wanted to be able to figure out first of all where somebody's eyes were on the screen. And then how long they stayed in a particular spot, and it, it's it's just like you know motion sensing. It, it's hyper hypersensitive, so you have to spend a lot of time tuning it. But the, the the gist of it is is that you can use it to be able to highlight a specific thing that is being passed over. And if you if the eye stays there for a while, then you can do something with that information, and uh, you get all you know you get all these 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 presets for for you know different activities. They can tell: Are you winking? Are you blinking? And are you sticking your tongue out? Is your mouth open wide or not? And it's all based on 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 you know certainty. So it says we think that this is a tongue sticking out, and we you know if you're greater than fifty percent certainty, then you can act on that information. Um, so the, the technology, you know, was already baked into into to UI kit. Um, there was good sample code that had been written in Swift, but uh, Ben, you know, like a, the good yeoman that he is, you know, converted it to, to Objective C and only made, made one math error along the way, which caused the the direction to be uh, inverted. Um, uh, but uh, we got it to work. And it, at, the the fun demo actually shows that there's a video preview you can do where it shows these kind of lightning bolts coming out of your eyes, which is very helpful because you can see, you can see the the line that's being traced from your you know the, the center of your eye to the object that that you know the device in this particular case. Um, and uh, you know uh, it was an interesting experiment because we 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 got started you know at the time Hack Day started. I think we met up starting around eleven o'clock, uh, and uh, you know. Part of the team, you know, started was working on the eye tracking bit itself. Uh, part of us were uh, working on on trying to tune of it, and part of us, when I may say part of us in this case, I'm talking about me, um, 
uh, worked on the highlighting code. So the, the first thing we wanted to do was to make it possible to highlight a, an item in what we call the Lola mode, the list of list of movies, which is a collection view of collection views. So the first thing you have to do is, is translate, uh, you know, window coordinate points into the coordinate space of, of the top level collection view and to figure out. And there's a handy dandy method that exists. You know, it's called, I think, self or item at point or something like that. So it will tell you the, 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 or the index path. I can't remember which one, but it basically, yeah, it gives you the cell. So you can get one object and that will, that will tell you which collection view at the top is selected. And then you could, you convert the coordinates again and find out which item in the child collection view is there. And then you have, uh, you can figure out whether you have a collection view cell. And if you have a collection view cell, then you can simply ask its layers border to have a, a color and to have a width. So it becomes visible and you can set on the view controller the, the a reference to the actual collection view cell that you're working with. And then as the next tracking, you know, comes along, you can say, is the item that you've selected the one that already is selected? You don't have to do anything. If it's something new, uh, then you can unhighlight the old one. The simple trick to do it is just to set its its color to clear color. You can leave the border width where it was if you like; it won't be visible. Um, and then you select the new one. So that that and then it just worked. And uh, a little trick that I found while doing it is, you know, while while one person is working on on one part of a hack and the other is busy on another one, you kind of don't get to integrate right away. So you have to try and simulate it and test as your code work. In this case, I did stupid pet tricks with with perform selector after delay. So I could kind of simulate something where I can say after I know the view is, has loaded and the collection view is visible, then I can, you know, choose some arbitrary point, which I think has a, an excellent chance of actually being on something, highlight it. And then after, you know, a second or so kind of highlight something that is, you know, a couple hundred pixels away and, and see that it, it moves the selection. Um, and so when that was all done, then, you know, we knew that it would work. So th that was very good. And it, it, that was the first integration. We were all like going, hey, this actually works. Um, and do you want all this detail? I hope our listeners, does, does our listener want all this detail? I think the more detail, the better, John. Okay. So anyway, so then the, the next thing was to be able to figure out, okay, you know, how do we determine that somebody has settled on an area? And that was a little bit tricky because... Um, you would kind of think, well, you, you could blink. But if you blink, of course, your eyes would move all over the place. That, that was When you first set it up, you kind of you realize that your eyes are constantly scanning. You may think that you're focused on one place, generally speaking, at a time. But your actual eye movement is, is, is very, very rapid and all over the place. And that's why tuning it is very, very important because otherwise you have the, the cursor just going wildly. Um, so you just want it to kind of work on averages. What on average are you looking at? Um, but then you have to figure out, well, how do I indicate that I want to select something? And so we, I kind of, we, we thought about doing something like, well, well, how about a blink or a wink or something like that? And the problem with that is you then have to kind of decide, you can't know when a blink is going to begin. As soon as a blink does begin, it causes your eyes to move. So it's really kind of difficult to be able to say, I want this selected. Hold on while I make my choice. It just doesn't work that way. So we just decided to to, to have it so that you kind of burn with laser focus on a particular area. And, and we found that that, that that started to work pretty good. Um, and so pretty well, sorry about that. So it works pretty well. Um, and so you can tune that a little bit, how long you have to wait uh, to be, before something selects. And then at that point, you can do something. So it would be, in this particular case, the equivalent of a tap. So that up brings a, a new view entirely, and you have to decide kind of what objects you care about uh, in this particular case for the display page, we cared about the play button. So when you stare on it long enough, playback begins and everything's happy. 
So uh, we got that going, and then there's still the problem of how do you exit? Kind of what's the equivalent of the escape key? And that's where uh, Ben <laughs> noticed that there were all these enumerated types to, to, to define different uh, facial gestures, and the one that seemed natural was sticking your tongue out. <laughs> it's like, when, <laughs> and people loved it. You know, it's like you could choose anything. It's totally arbitrary. But in hack, here's a little trick to the kids listening out there: the technical aspects of your hack are super important. But they're not the only thing, and I would argue less important than than how you communicate your idea. And so that particular thing is like it got huge laughs. People thought, oh, that's so clever. And it is. It's funny. It shows a little bit of humanity because then you're doing the demo, and then you think everything's good. And then the first time you do it, people, wait, did, they really, did you really just do that? Did you make it? You stick your tongue out at the computer? <laughs> people love that. Um, and so it really started to work. Um, and we, we had pretty high level of confidence going in. We thought it was a good idea, but there are lots of good ideas out there. So we tried to cheat by having good execution and a clever video. Um, so we stopped at 4.30, which is kind of just enough time to be able to catch my my last pumpkin, you know, turn into a pumpkin at midnight shuttle, uh, except for it's at, at 5.20. Um, so we began video and uh, video, video recording. In that particular case, and I'll link it to the show notes, we made a video that people loved. Um, and uh, we just basically played to the situation. We, you know, we made it so that I was a Steve Jobs-like character sitting in a conference room waiting as the person nervously brings forth their work. And, of course, I shit all over it, which I did. And we made a reference to, to Bill O'Reilly, who was a polarizing newscaster in America. Um, and so that was fun. That really helped. But the basic point of it is we didn't know if everything was going to work at that time. We had a pretty good idea that it, were, it would and uh, Ben went home and he was able to, to, to do the additional work to, to hook up playback. Um, so that by the next morning, everything, everything seems to come together. Um, the, you had to stop at 1030, which was the 24 hour period. So you had to kind of give up your video. And, and that was the interesting trick because the video was set up to be able to kind of leave a little cliffhanger because after the 51 seconds went of the video and that they couldn't be any longer than 60. So we, we got it under 51 and we could just then begin, begin our demo where we had, uh, Steve who had also spent a lot of time working on the, the, the math tuning, um, uh, to, he held the camera Ben was presenting, so he didn't have to worry about talking. He could just move his eyes, and I got to be the, the carnival showman, which uh, I seem to be pretty good at. And uh, the demo went really, really smoothly. The audience loved it, and uh, we were like fourth on, which we had to be because Ben had to, to take off. And uh, we sat through the rest of them. The other demos were all great. They were really, there was some, some pretty interesting stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, behind the scenes, here's another stupid trick. Don't, I hope nobody else is listening, but, uh, since this is done with voting, you should tell people to vote. It's like nothing else. It's like, you know, you can't go out and campaign politically and say, I really think that, you know, that my policies will be better. May I please have your vote? And it's like the same thing. It's like, I think that our hack is good. May we please have your vote? So you went out and, and, and asked people and, and you just got to make it really easy for them. So if you've got your video prepared, get a URL and get it easy to distribute and then get a link to the thing. So when voting begins, they can see it, be reminded of, of what you worked on and, and make it easy for, for them to, them to do it. Then uh, you, you've covered all bases. You've, you've started with something that's good. You've executed with some humor and then you've asked for the vote. So uh, I'm going to shut up now, but uh, I'm still basking in the, in the, 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 the fun of it. Um, I'll things in, leave things in the show notes, but I think there's going to be a Netflix tech blog that talks about it as well. 
I'm, I'm John. I have so many questions. Okay. It, it's, uh, it's firstly, is it, will I be able to afford your fee going forward now you are an award winner? That's true. Yeah. Uh, so you can have a hundred percent increase in your fee for the podcast. I think I should deserve a thousand percent. Okay. I think that you've been withholding all this time. Done. You can have one thousand percent increase. Um, there's my phone going. We'll turn that off. Yeah. Is it here? Yeah, that's uh, the other offers. That's the somebody calling yeah. in to say, <laughs> hold out for more, John. <laughs> I will do it. Oh, that's my phone. <laughs> Don't give that putz anything. <laughs> So you spent this was this was just a hack day. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I don't mean that as a no, just, no, no, but no, it, no. it was a hack yeah, day. Yeah. So you weren't you weren't working on final product here, no. But you still translated the sample code from Swift to Objective mm-hmm. C. Is that just because you all mainly work in Objective C and it's more comfortable? Yeah, or I mean, the, you the, wanted to see if you're going to have to do that if you used it eventually. So you yeah, wanted to see. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the app itself is is in Objective C. We're adding Swift as and when it makes sense. Where we we have a non UI core that's a core part of our app that is being turned into that is a framework, and so and that's all in Swift and it's wrapped. And then we will then be in a position to basically start you know read rebuilding parts of our app as frameworks you know we're, we're, we're pragmatic you know when we started the project one of the things i first asked is like is it in swift or in objective c and he said objective c is like we think swift is a great language it's lots of fun but you know we want to get this thing done quickly and we have lots of code that we already know is tested and works and particularly the non-ui portion of video streaming with drm those are that's Objective C plus plus. Those are shared C plus plus libraries and C libraries. Which you know, if you were to to have an all Swift app, you'd still have to wrap those in Objective C to make it work anyway. So um, we're very pragmatic. But I think there are a lot of people on the team who who, who shipped apps in Swift, and even despite the the, the kind of pain of non ABI compatibility or whatever ABI incompatibility and that that still exists. Um, a lot of people who kind of didn't like Objective C couldn't wait to get to Swift, and even plenty of people who liked Objective C like Swift better. Um, I'm somewhere in between, but uh, no, we're pragmatic. But it, it, you know, the, the thing about it was is that the, the sample code just gave you an idea of, of how you want, is, is of this type of application of, of, of AR Kit. Um, somebody asked me, and, 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 and part of the reason why this particular hack uh, spoke to me is, is I care a lot about accessibility, and I know that there are people that use dedicated hardware devices that are, are pointers for, for moving a cursor around a, you know, a typical desktop screen. And they're kind of expensive, and they're clunky, and it's like you already have this computer computing power in you, and you already have a camera on, on your device. Why not just use it? Um, and so I, I personally would be surprised if if... This doesn't show up in, in as as a, a new mechanism for accessibility in the existing accessibility APIs. No, I think it's really cool, yeah. and people should go watch the video because yeah. even though it's fun and yeah. lots of laughing and uh, messing around, the the actual concept of controlling your iOS device with your eyes and and using an app in a real way is mm-hmm. is actually a massively important statement. Yeah. And, and I was incredibly impressed. And uh, yeah, on the Objective C thing, I, you know, I say to people. If your app's in Objective C, just keep writing Objective C. There is, you have currently no reason to have yeah. to put Swift. Yeah. yeah, I love Swift. I, I probably now, have, you know, for a little while, but in the I prefer Swift to Objective C camp. Um, it took a while to get there, but I've, you know, I've, I've worked uh, probably more in Swift since it was released than I have in Objective C. Um, I think I started my first Swift project in about October. Uh, 14, which is just uh, a few months after mm. DubDub. Um, but there's no, you know, Objective-C was and is a perfectly good language. Mm-hmm. There is no need to feel the need to go to it yet. I mean, maybe there's going to come a point when you have to do stuff in 
in Swift, but um, yeah, because mixing mixing Swift and Objective C has some issues. Mm-hmm. It, it does cause some problems. I mean, they're they're you know, the team have done good work on in, in interop, but you know, it's uh, I think this. Uh, well, if you're just doing an Objective C, we must use Swift. Is a I guess if you've got a bunch of developers, you need to keep happy. There's one reason, but there's no reason not to. I mean, if people are starting a brand new project, you know, far new project, I would say Swift every mm-hmm. time right now because mm-hmm. it is, you know, we're Apple are heading and I think especially once ABI stability comes out, I'd be interested to see how much Apple use it themselves at that mm-hmm. point because um, obviously they can't use it in the frameworks at the moment because of because of that issue. But Swift 5 on the doorstep and uh, it's coming there. Yeah. So in, in the hack days, um, that you have in I'm just because you know hack days are quite an in thing at companies. I think they're a really good way of letting people just just do some things. Um, you know, is is there a process now that takes some of these these ideas and says, oh yeah, yeah, we should possibly be taking that one further or looking at it, or is it you know, is this the whole point of the hack day to find let people express some ideas and see what can then be used? I I, th- I, th- I think so. I mean, there there's different categories. There are some which are internal tools. You know, a number of which I think everybody I know at the company uses. You know, regularly, um, some are imagining features that could come, um, and some kind of some I I I I, I think are stand a strong chance eventually getting implemented. If not, if they 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 certainly can can help explore different directions. You know, a lot of times you 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 work with technology that's kind of fairly far out. Um, uh, and a lot of times you imagine things that are technically possible but may not necessarily be practical you know at a given particular time and you may have to wait a couple of years before things kind of all come together but I think that that's that's kind of if you take the what was it, Alan Kay I think was famous for saying is the best way to predict the future is to invent it well you know this is a way of doing it so you have invented our future <laughs> our movie viewing future movie viewing, I don't know about that but yeah, uh, yeah. when I'm uh, selecting the next episode of something with my eyes I'll say, yeah. oh, John made me do this. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, and, and this is the funny thing is, is that the, the, the team had, to, had, you know, Ben and Steve had worked on something where they, they had a device that could, you know, purport it to, to measure brain waves. Um, and so the idea was that just like you could hold on, you could attach this thing to your head and it could tell what you were thinking or whether you were thinking yes or no or, or even, you know, thinking to begin with. Um, and it, that was a clever hack, a clever piece of hardware. But there is, you know, why, why, why have hardware when you already have a very capable computing device in, in, in your hand, especially one that is capable of staring back at you? I think that the the uh, my you know I don't know about this. I certainly don't know about the internals of, of AR kit. But I think that one of the reasons why it works quite well is not just that it uses very clever camera processing, but it uses the whatever the 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 3d camera which doesn't which mm. works in in low light because you know you could be at, at you know in low light and and it may not be able to track your eyes just by using the video camera but really can tell what's going on so this on. is a camera used for face id and, yeah exactly yeah. i mean it's it, and it's that, that 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 you know when i say i don't know the internals it's 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 not just that i don't work at apple but i kind of i don't care you know i mean i'm interested but i i don't have to care i just all i know is that the api works you see i mean the the AR kit demos that we see at Dub Dub and at the iPhone release and whatever else, yeah, they're cool-ish. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I've never been massive. I mean, te- just by pure technology, mm-hmm. yes, I'm impressed. But it's like I've never sat there and thought, "Oh wow, yeah." I've never dreamt of running around a table with my friends, pointing my iPad at it, and pretending something's in the middle of it. Because right, yeah. um, the only thing that I want to sit on the table is great food, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I want to be right. eating it for real, right. not in. But you know, this is actually 
and and I know that AR is like a, a, a technology. I've heard this said by a lot of people. It's a technology waiting for a use, mm. and um, there's nothing wrong with the technology waiting for a use because technology for technology's sake, as long as it's not doing any harm, is is quite cool. But you know, so the, I would say probably this is the first time I've seen AR kit being used in a way that I think that is something that has massive benefit to, mm. it. And, and it's still a a um, uh, a niche or a minority, mm. Mm. but it's 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 not a minority. Yeah, but as an accessibility feature, it's an incredibly important mm. way forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's I thought it was really really cool from that point of view. Yeah, it's good stuff. But um, yeah, it's um, yeah, we're sat here because people may be able to tell by the fact that we both get the dog collar rattling this week. <laughs> we have synchronized dogs, synchronized the dogs. Pond. Yes, we, we've managed to get them in sync. That we're actually sat in the same room. It's amazing. Where, I can reach out and touch Scotty. Yes, yes. Well, actually, you are because your head has got so big from your victory that <laughs> I'm struggling to fit in this room at the same time with you. Yes, I have to have like yeah, I have to have that ego storage. That's probably a new Silicon Valley startup thing. I got recruiting email. I got from some company that says we're you know disrupting the personal storage. It's like fuck, you know, it's like your ego needs quality storage. You need to be able to put it away for a little bit and retrieve it at any time with our watch app. Oh, I have to say, I mean this this whole industry and particularly this part of the world with mm. the industry in is, um, yeah, it's. I think it's in serious danger of losing sight of how the rest of the world yeah. thinks. Uh, yeah, there's a bubble going on here. That, oh I mean, God, here's yeah. an example. We, we, we went out for breakfast just now. And um, just on the side of, I noticed when we stopped at a, at a stoplight, there was just on the side of a, a newspaper kiosk machine, yeah, mm. there was an advert for Circle CI, get your developers shipping or something. Yeah. yeah, there's nowhere else in the world that a newspaper branding yeah. is going to be advertising to software developers. Yeah. And I think, you yeah, know, the, the bubble here is, it's a, I think it's in a little bit of a dangerous state of losing sight of what everyone else in the world is doing and wanting. Well, Scotty, not to not to inflate my ego even more, but uh, since I was in, in Athens uh, two weeks ago, uh, I was asked to, to, to answer some questions in an interview in a, in a business magazine. The, the poll quote and the title that they had was, you know, because they were asking me kind of what were my impressions of Greek startups, especially since I've been back and forth for a couple of years now. And I basically said, you know, Athens is not Palo Alto and it shouldn't try to be. It doesn't need to be. But it was it was particularly that that, you know, startups outside of Silicon Valley are forcibly working on kind of more down to earth problems because there's less money chasing kind of, you know, disruptive ideas and just trying to apply software to solve some problems that are that exist locally. And they want to bring you know, some of that great software eats the world capabilities to their own corner of the universe, and that's just fine. So. Yeah, I remember when I was involved in a startup here a few years ago, you know, there were people just banding around the phrase, well, anybody can get a million. Yeah. yeah. Getting five is a bit harder, but yeah. it's like, you know, that's to anywhere outside of this area. Yeah. That's like in fog a mirror. Yeah, it's uh, in there. So, uh, um, yeah, I was you talk about you in Athens, and obviously I'm here. I'm on my way to Portland to go to go speak at Swift by Oh, you are Northwest. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go and uh, I'm doing a a talk called um, "Cry Havoc and Unleash the Dogs of Software." <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, which is effectively a, a talk on um, how to destroy your software project. I can't wait to not have you on my team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about uh, about fifty percent on on sort of things you. Sh- probably shouldn't do in the code base mm. or you could do in the code base if you want to destroy it and then about uh 50% of on team dynamics and, and mm. that sort of thing um you know of course the, the hope is that everyone does exactly the opposite of 
of what I was saying. It creates a, a debate. So we'll see. Although I, I was listening to, I'm, I'm sorry about this, uh, you know, a rival podcast recently. Oh, yeah, um, we're cheating on us again. I was listening to the, the excellent Core Intuition podcast uh, where Daniel Jelka, who's also going to be at this conference, is talking about traditionally this conference has been a very um, demanding technical talks and, and more soft skill talks mm. of not necessarily um, – gone down that well so since listening to that a few days ago i'm a little bit nervous about what's going to happen now whether you know am i going to be stoned or or i mean as in things thrown at me not <laughs> i know it's, we already know you're going to be stoned the question are people going to throw shit my talk is my talk is at 9 a.m in the morning <laughs> so, so the answer is yes wake and bake us for real yeah, so uh so i'm a little bit nervous to how that's going to go down so we'll we'll see um it's the talk that the conference i offered the conference organizers several talks of which uh um the other two were pretty technical, and this is the one they chose. So, I can I can their mistake, yeah. yeah. But I will see. Um, I gave a technical talk last week in Romania. Mm. I mean, I I thought you know, not to be outdone. You did twenty four hours in Moscow. I did twenty four hours in Romania, mm. uh, where I'd never been before uh, in Transylvania, mm. um, lovely little city called Cluj. But I went in there and did a, a talk on. Um, Building Kluge software. Building Kluge software. I'm glad I didn't use that one next. I would have been stoned <laughs> probably. Would have stared at me. And uh, yeah, about more about software architecture. I mean, I, I called the talk you know, um, MVVM and coordinators, sort of thing, because you know it gives some people to link onto. Although yeah, I don't, I, I tell people I don't really care what the architecture is with this MVC, MVVM, Viper. The point is, what are the principles that architecture is trying to solve? In other words, separation of concerns. Can you replace any one piece of your app without destroying the mm -hmm. rest of it? Can you test things? Um, so it, it was fairly obvious fairly quickly. It wasn't a pure architecture thing. But that down went down pretty well. And it's quite surprising how, yeah, because all of the books and everything just teach you to throw things into the view controller and whatever else, it's quite... You know, and, and you then sort of become a slightly better developer, but you're now on one year into your project. It's very hard to just suddenly say, oh, I need to redo my project another way. Uh, so I spoke quite a lot about you know, refactoring and beginning to take your code out. So that went down pretty well. Um, so maybe if, if 10 minutes into this talk, I'm, I'm getting booed and people are going to sleep and I'm having things thrown at me, I'll just switch, switch, switch talks. <laughs> you better have both slides available. Yeah. 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 Well, let me ask you this. I'm curious because... At this particular conference, what kind of it's it's about kind of other scenes because you know I'd, I'd never been to Moscow. I was interested to go under any circumstances, but I, I found you know a developer community there that's very strong, very you know very happy to meet their their colleagues. Was it the same in, in, in Cluj as well, where they're all kind of like we're very happy to meet people from outside our, our locale? Or it was strange. The conf it was a two day conference, but one day first day was Android mm. and the second day was iOS. Mm. Um, and uh, so I turned up towards the end of the, f the first day and just stole the conference food, basically, mm -hmm. on the Android day. Um, but it's uh, – and, and then did dinner with some people. Uh, the conference started at 3 in the afternoon. Really? And wow. ran till about 8 p.m. Um, the basis being that employers in, in Romania didn't seem to be that keen to give their staff time off to go to a conference. Mm. Uh, and they might have to take it as personal personal leave. Mm. So the viewers being, well, if we do it just in the afternoon, you can at least only take a half day to, to be there and got a couple of hours from lunchtime to get there mm. if you're a little bit outside of a... Although apparently traveling around by road in Romania is... You know, uh, they have 
no um, interstates or whatever else. So mm. it's uh, quite a slow process. That's what they told me. I mm. didn't really leave the city enough to know. Um, and then again, you know, so it's and people wanted technical. I was told very strict, you know, very you know, people will only come if we're doing technical stuff. No one's really interested in the soft skill stuff mm. at all. Uh, possibly because um, if it's very much a, more of a traditional employer-employee relationship, probably a little bit behind, you know, this having to negotiate this relationship with the employer stuff that maybe mm. some countries are now, um, you know, they don't get to choose any of the other stuff. So, yeah. Uh, and from about five o'clock, the conference got a lot busier because people would actually come after work. Mm. Um, and, you yeah, know, that makes a slightly different atmosphere because people already done a day at work mm. and then come to a conference they had a beer afterwards, but so, yeah, but fairly quickly afterwards, the uh, the people dispersed. Mm. Um, which, but but during that time, they did seem to be pretty interactive. But it was uh, it was such a short time; it's hard to tell. Um, I gave um, one of the later talks, and so um, once the conference finished, I really spent my whole time answering questions to people who came and asked me. They asked some very good questions. Um, I realised that you know. My talk is supposed to deal with the fundamentals, but the first thing people do as soon as they get the fundamentals is say, well, what about, what about, what about? Mm. And they're very good questions. So I think if I do the talk again, I'm going to you know, finish with a what about section. Mm. At least it points people to some code samples that show some what abouts. Um, so it was hard to then just, because I was constantly answering questions about that, it was um, it was hard to gauge outside of people just generally chatting with mm. each other. They seem to be. Um but I'm hoping to go back, and so next time I will be able to get a better idea. I think you've got to go somewhere a few times to make yeah, a judgment. Sure. Uh, and maybe a few different conferences sometimes as well, because um, they are all very, very different. Um, yeah, so we will see. But uh, I think it's, I mean, I, I've sort of favoured, personally I've favoured more of the soft skills type of talks at conferences recently, because I think the, the tech stuff, blog posts and video training, there's, there's plenty of it yeah. now. Um, but maybe that's just because there's a, an in, a freelancer in India uh, or whatever else. Um, yeah, those are skills that I find harder to find resources on. But maybe if you're sat in your cubicle doing your job, then those, yeah, you don't understand concern. why not sure. to. And I think when I was at the iOS Dev UK conference um, back in September and one of the other speakers asked how many people here are employed you know, by an employer to do their job as opposed to as their own company, you know, 90%, 95% of the people in the room were hired, mm. you know, employee developers, which I guess, you know, how you do, and, and probably paid for and sent by their employer. So um, I can sort of understand, you know, why people have different needs for conference going forward. Um, but I'm only ever, I mainly go for the social stuff and the, and the, uh, the experience of meeting people and learning skills and what's going on right now, but that's just because of the nature of what I do and who I am. Mm. It's probably fairly similar for yourself. Yeah. Well, I do have to say it's it's fun to give these talks and it's fun to to kind of get back in touch with some of these things because you know hack days and 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 whatnot because it's nice to to kind of work on things and, and, and that are outside what you normally do and, and just to, to meet colleagues from around the world. It, it, is, it is one of the, the joys and delights, I think, about being a, a software engineer these days. It certainly is. It certainly is. Well, John, I think we probably run a little bit long, but that's because we're excited to be we're in the excited. same place yeah, and, and still probably quite hyper from all those uh, calories we consumed at breakfast. <laughs> that's true. Well, Scotty, if, if people want to taunt you and say, you know, run, Scotty, run... <laughs> 
run off those collar <laughs> calories. Those collars. <laughs> run far away from the microphone or you know, unleash yourself from the, the collars. Where can they do that? They can get me on micro.blog as Scotty. They can uh, get me on Twitter as MacDevNet. Or, of course, they can send us an email at feedback at iDeveloper.co. Mm. And you. And John. if anybody wants to, to, to talk trash to or about me, you can find me on the Twitters as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. So that's award-winning John Fox. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> at... <laughs> there we well, it's been great to uh, catch up, John. Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode at iDeveloper.co as usual. And uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, you take care. Take care.